Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. Vince, who are some of your favorite founding fathers? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, everybody goes Ben Franklin right off there. I don't, I'm not sure I'm into that. TJ's a good one. I'd like to go a little deeper. Uh, John Adams. John Adams. That's good. There was a show called John Adams. Yeah. How well did that do? Uh, I don't know. I didn't see it. You know, you're the second president. It's a thankless job. (laughs) It is. And no one wants to be second. Dude, has anybody ever had a bad thing to say about George Washington? I don't think so. But that's still that's too mainstream. We got to go deeper. Dude, than that, that guy has to. He's got to have some really terrible skills. Why, why don't we closet. stay? Why don't we stay in the family? Why don't we go with Sam Adams? Oh, is he a founder? That's right. He's a founding father. And not only that, but today's beer is Sam Adams Boston Lager. Oh my! I can't believe it, <laughs> guys. We were gonna try our absolute hardest not to do a Boston accent at all, and we didn't even make it to the point where we could tell you that's what we were trying to do. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't resist. I mean. I'm thinking about those commercials. Your cousin from Boston. <laughs> yeah, those are those are clever ads. Yeah, so we're drinking Boston Lager, one of the most well-known beers that's not part of AB InBev. Yeah, yeah. I would say, Vince, I'm going to go on on the record and say this is the most successful craft beer in United States history. That seems fair. Yeah. In case you haven't been alive uh, most of your life, uh, <laughs> Sam. Most Ad- of your life. In case you haven't been alive most of your life, <laughs> Sam Adams uh, has been around for a very long time. I distinctly remember their marketing campaign uh, with founder Jim Cook when he was, you know, grabbing hops by the handful and sniffing them. And, and they had that song, "Who Do You Love?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like the first craft beer that really made it. In the U.S. I would like to agree with you on that. Yeah. So if you haven't tried Boston Lager, I'll give you a very quick overview. Um, this is the basically the flagship beer of Samuel Adams, which is actually from Boston Beer Company. That's the name of the company. It's not Sam Adams. I did not know that until I did this research. But as they say, they claim to only use the finest ingredients using two-row barley as well as German noble aroma hops. And this gives it a smooth, full body and a nice malt flavor that ranges from slightly sweet to caramel. And Vince, you're probably wondering, what kind of noble hop varieties are they using in this? I am. I'm also wondering how much you're going to struggle with them. (laughs) I'm going to go with the pronunciation of Hallertau Middlefro and Tetnang Tetnanger. How did I do with that? I don't know. I, I, I feel like that was correct. Right. Um, yeah, so basically it's floral, piney, and citrus. I mean, it's, I'm saying a lot of words. They combine all this stuff. Here's what you need to know. These are apparently hand-selected by Jim Cook. No who, way. That's what he says. Now? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Like the individual <laughs> hops from the harvest or like... He said, hmm, yes, we'll do Hallertow. <laughs> I don't think it's like those whiskey companies where like the they just have to like taste the thing themselves before they know if the batch is good, but I'm assuming he has some say. Well, let's go back to the beginning. So uh, Jim Cook 
founded Boston Beer Company in 1984. And at the time, he was working at the Boston Consulting Group after getting not one, not two, but three degrees from Harvard University. This guy's as northeastern as it gets. What's the matter, pal? Couldn't go for five? <laughs> you couldn't go for the EGOT at, at Harvard? <laughs> well, you think you're better than me? Because you're not. So anyway, he, like many people, wanted to get out of the business world and start brewing beer. And, I mean, that was a pretty unique idea, at least in the 80s, right? So, yes, a unique idea in the 80s. Well, who's to say unique, right? This for American beer, companies. Beer has been being brewed for centuries here. Right. So not necessarily from that. But as far as, like, from a small kind of craft sense, absolutely. One of the first guys to do that. However, his father was a fifth-generation brewer. So he didn't just walk off the street and say, I like beer, I'm going to brew it. I work for Boston Consulting Group. He's from yeah. Cincinnati, by Yeah, me. this guy's been bred to brew beer his whole life. <laughs> imagine imagine if his dad, like, all his dad wanted for him was to brew beer, and he was like, no, I want to go to Harvard. I want to get an education, and it was this huge rift between yeah. them. And then now, finally, he's a billionaire, and... He's doing exactly what his dad always wanted for him. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you buried the lead there. But, yes, he's now worth $1.7 <laughs> billion. And in 1985, he created Boston Lager over Patriot's Day weekend, which honors the first battle of the American Revolution. And today is more widely known for the running of the Boston Marathon. Like, dude, what's your problem? You name your beer Samuel <laughs> Adams. You brew it in Boston on Patriot Day. Get over it. <laughs> I don't think he wanted to get over like, it. Like, are but, you kidding me? But six weeks later, it was named the best beer in America. So, like, he hit the ground running immediately, and he's been going ever since. I also like to think that this was a years-long process. Yeah. And he only brewed it so that he could try it on Patriot's Day. This is as Boston as it gets. Um, <laughs> and he's from Cincinnati. He's basically Jerry Springer. <laughs> You won't get over that fact that he's from Cincinnati. You, I won't get over the fact that this guy's worth over a billion dollars. <laughs> he's 73. Yeah, he's crushing and life. And he looks great. Yeah, and in general, Sam Adams has made over 21 styles of award-winning beer. Full disclosure, Vince, I don't know if I've ever had a Boston lager. I, if I did, I don't remember it. I've never had one for obvious reasons pretty clear that i'm not a huge fan of this huge boston theme yeah and it's odd because we love poking fun at boston stuff but i love the accent i love the movies i love the properties that come from it there's just something about like sam adams that i felt like he was preaching in all of those ads and i was like oh my god yeah well he's the one laughing at the end of the day so let's give this a shot drinking them out of bottles Cheers. Cheers. Oh, boy. Okay, this is tough to watch. I screwed this up. It's really tough to watch. Oh, God. You oh don't don't God. wait for me. No, I'll wait. What is going... Should it, do you want me to do it? No, no, no. I just did there it. There we go. I don't know what I was thinking of first. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Cheers. Okay. I mean, it's, it's good. I can't tell if it's because I'm very upset about how Boston this guy chose to be, even though he's not even Boston with this, yeah. but I don't love it. You don't love it. I don't love it. Well, I will say this. There's nothing really notable about it. Like, it, 
it tastes like a beer. For all the conversation about all the different hop varieties, you know, if I was comparing this to something like a Coors Light or Bud Light, it wouldn't be that much of a difference. It's definitely a different taste for me than a Coors Light or a Bud Light. It feels like early homebrew. <clears throat> I've had I've had better better stuff from yeah the Mac Brew Taps than this. So maybe Ryan Mac should be worth one point seven billion dollars instead of this guy. <laughs> you know, if he was, I'm sure our show would benefit from that. <laughs> I, I, well, I would hope. <laughs> Let me just ask you this. We'll use Jim Cook as a frame of reference. This guy's a self-made... He even spells his name. I can't. I'm not into it. <laughs> he... Yeah, it's K-O-C-H. spelled K-O-C-H. Oh, my God. Yes. Actually, this is very important. Yeah. Um, on his Wikipedia page, his personal life dives into all the normal personal life stuff about divorces, whatnot. See? He's got three degrees from Harvard and only one divorce, but two wives. And there, it makes a very specific point to say, Cook is unrelated to Stone Brewing Company co-founder Greg Cook. <laughs> uh, controversial uh, brewer from our past episodes. Just an absolute maniac. Yeah. I feel like he's like, you guys write whatever you want on that Wikipedia page, so long as you include the fact I'm not related to that guy. <laughs> yeah, so Vince... This guy's a self-made billionaire. There's no denying that. I respect that. And he was an independent brewer at one point. So what are some like Hollywood self-made success stories? Like, There's a lot of celebrities that, you know, their parents were actors, so they got to step into the business, uh, or they ride the coattails off someone that came before them. But, you know, one guy that comes to mind is, is Matthew McConaughey. He kind of just emerged... For, yeah, they I found him know. off the street, didn't they? Yeah, the in his, he talks about this in his book. He was just a, a student at UT in Austin, and they were filming Dazed and Confused, and he was chatting up a casting director at a bar, and this guy, the guy was like, this guy could be something. Isn't that... Uh, that's Linklater, right? Yeah, Richard Linklater. Who... I don't know why he's directing movies. He's very good at it, but he <laughs> missed his calling as, like... A purveyor of fine breakfast foods. <laughs> you, you would you dine at a Linklater's diner? <laughs> Not only would I dine, I would just yeah. hand my credit card over and be like, right. "It's totally worth it here." Yeah, Chris Pratt has a similar story as well. He, he claims that he was like serving tables at a place in L.A. and some casting director. Just I heard saw it was him. Hawaii. Oh, it was Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What? What's not known about that, though, is that, like, yes, he. W- it's not like he was floating through life aimlessly, which is how it seems from the story. <laughs> yeah. He had been actively, like, auditioning and trying, excuse me, trying yeah. to get stuff, and that was how it worked out for him, right? Yeah, right. McConaughey, as, I, as far as I know it, wasn't really doing that, right? Well, he was in film school, but... He was. He didn't think that... <clears throat> He didn't think he was going to be in acting. He thought he was going to be a director. And he he was working on a documentary. And then they just, this guy found him and was like, we'd love for you to just do a little thing. And as he talks about in the book too, like it was supposed to be one scene. Then he just kind of hung around and they kept writing more stuff for him. And eventually, you know, he's like this fairly important minor character in Days to Confused. And now he's like the guy everybody thinks about in that movie. When Which really, wild. Wooderson is a small portion of that movie. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I think 
another good one, UT alums as well, Wes Anderson. Yeah, Wes Anderson and the Wilson boys. Yeah. I mean, it just he just happened to be roommates with Owen Wilson, and they liked each other, and <clears throat> yeah. they made it happen. Yeah, I think they sold Bottle Rocket when they were still at UT. Yeah, they actually... There's a lot of good stories about it. They, they sold Bottle Rocket while they were at UT, but they convinced their landlord not to evict them despite having missed like three months of rent by saying no no this is going to be a hit just trust us well you just reminded me of another boston success story i mean it has to be brought up matt damon and ben affleck goodwill hunting i would give it more to mark Wahlberg. the Wahlberg brothers grew up in poverty dabbled in some rap Boy band well, more than dabbled. I mean, the Funky Bunch. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were a big deal. Yeah, that's that's fair. Well, I guess my my initial reaction was like, Damon and Affleck were from Boston. They have this idea for Goodwill Hunting. They work on it for two years. They start shopping around town. They're like basically brand new people, and then it's like the hottest script in Hollywood for a couple years. They eventually make it. They make the movie and they win an Oscar for it when they're like 25 or 26 years old. I mean, so I'll give that's you that. That's pretty crazy. I'll give you that. And I think that might be the most apt comparison for me personally because those guys are pretty well, no one likes them anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I've d- depends on depends on your mileage with Damon. But yeah, Affleck. What do you mean your mileage with Damon? <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind him still. I mean, you don't mind him. He was hawking cryptocurrencies. I lost everything for him. Not I. I didn't lose everything in cryptocurrencies. I lost all respect for you, him you, when he was no, doing that. No, no, no. Let's make it clear. You invested in Damon crypto. Absolutely, yeah. In Damon coin. In Born coin. Yeah, dude. I, and the other thing that pissed me off about him is I was reading, like yeah. I, I was reading about him, and he was well established prior to Born. And yeah. he said they asked him like, "When did you feel secure?" And he said. I really didn't feel secure until maybe the second Born movie. I was like, are you nuts? You're a millionaire many times over before then. What do you mean you don't feel secure? You're an asshole. I don't like yeah. you. And then he said the whole thing about on that uh, Project Greenlight. Oh, my God. That was a crazy show. Did you watch that show? I, I didn't watch it, but I know that one of the premier comedy troops in Chicago is born out of that, the Matt Damon Improv. Oh, I didn't know that they were related, but that's cool. Yeah, they they their whole deal is they're all women of color. Oh yeah, because he was he was mansplaining to uh, diversity <laughs> to a, a black woman, yes. and that uh, was a low point for him for sure. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. But the worst part is, is like there's no apology from him, and then I I don't like him. All right, let's uh, transition from Matt Damon takes to putting this into the glass, and I. You know, Vince, I wasn't sure this was going to work out, but I think I think the way this is going, I've got a new topic for us. I'd love really to hear dig. it. I'd love to hear it. Um, real quick on how this... get off of that. Real Such quick on how this looks trick. in the glass. Have you been to Boston, by the way? No. Okay. It's on my list. I've I been, go. I've been there. It's a great summer city, especially if you like U.S. history, and I'm a big, big fan. And I tried a number of different beers there, but I want to talk about the topic of uh, exceptionalism as it relates to this beer, but also just broadly. And I was thinking about this with the show House of the Dragon recently. Okay. 
you know, this guy, Jim Cook, he's obviously been hugely successful, and he kind of pioneered the craft beer marketing strategy here in this country. Like, you know, I remember those commercials when I was a kid. I don't think there were any other craft beer commercials. And, you know, they claim that this is like an award-winning product and that, you know, they're the best of the best, right? The Targaryens think that they're the best of the best in the House of the Dragon. As you know, you've seen the show. And I just find it hilarious that they think they're the best because really, they're really fucking shitty people that just have dragons. And this is basically... The thought I had was that they're like the Lakers of Westeros, right? Oh, interesting. They think that they think that they deserve to be there. They consider themselves gods, but really they're just riding off like two all-time greats, those two big dragons that just carry the horse for them. And there's a number of different Lakers teams that did that with like Magic and Kareem and Shaq and Kobe. And now, like, it's been going on so long, they think it's, like, their birthright to be exceptional. And that's part of their identity. When really, they're just fucking lucky as shit. And I would say the same thing about Boston sports overall. And I would say that this beer is coasting off its own exceptionalism to a degree. What do you think about that? All very interesting. Uh, I have to say that I'm having a bridesmaids moment. Uh, There's a point in that movie when she's handed fresh lemonade as she goes to her nemesis house for yeah. their co-best friend's bridal party or something. And she tries it and goes, shit, that's fresh. She doesn't want it to be good, but it's good. I'm looking at the color of this and God, I don't, I didn't want it to be good, but it's, it's a pretty beer. It does look good. It does. It looks good. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying this is bad, but I just think that they are definitely coasting on their reputation over their product. The point. irony of that exceptionalism happening with a Boston beer when Boston might be like the might have the biggest Napoleonic complex in all of cities <laughs> in, ever. Yeah, I know. Like I I think I said it earlier. Boston wants to know why you think you're better than them. Yeah. And New York wants to make sure you know that they are better than them. Right. And there's no, like, better description for me about Boston. Like, it's this... It, like, all you got to do is look at someone's like, Right. Why are you looking at me that way? What, you think you're better than me? What, what do you think? But, just because you but also, suit, you're better than me? Isn't there an irony to that as it relates to Boston sports the last 25 years? Forever, they were always we're like... The Red, Red Sox. We're the persecuted team. We're the team that has the bad luck. Well, the Patriots won six Super Bowls. The Red Sox have won... Four World Series, three World Series. The Bruins won a cup. The Celtics have won. They were the, they're the city of champions. No one's doubting them anymore. They're not unlucky. But guess what? They still want to play this. They still have you that think chip. you're better than me, Carl. They still have that chip on their shoulder. Right. I'm saying that they need to fucking grow up. That's right, Boston. Grow up. Well, hold on now. Do as far as the Targaryens go, could the argument not be made that they are the arch nemesis of the Lakers? The Celtics. Make the case. Let's hear it. Okay, here's the case in in general. And maybe it's not as endemic with, like, the actual king, but that scorned brother. Oh, boy, nothing's ever good enough for him. (laughs) He could literally be named heir, and he'd be like, I should have been named years ago. You're talking about a dynasty that is very aware 
they're very aware. Unlike most Lakers teams now, they're very aware that the only thing that separates them from everyone else is the Dragons. That's why there's such a tizzy every time one of the kids doesn't get one, right? Yeah. Every time an egg doesn't hatch, every time that a dragon might come close to not hatching or being stolen, something of the like, there's pure panic in their eyes because they know that they don't deserve the throne that they sit on. That's interesting. I want to dig into that specifically as it relates to Daemon Targaryen, the brother of King Viserys. Which, of course, of course. Right. His name is Damon, and we're talking about Boston and Matt Damon. No, he... So, I actually think he's not interested in being the king. He he is aware most acutely of them all, other than Viserys, of their true thing, which is dragons, right? Yeah. So, to me, he's actually more like the Chicago Bulls. Like, most Bulls fans know, if it wasn't for Michael Jordan, we would be nothing. That's just a fact. And we have embraced that for the most part as as Bulls fans, right? And now that we don't have Jordan, you know, we've, we've kind of accepted that part of our society. But all of Viserys' kids and all of Rhaenyra's kids are spoiled little fucks. You think Rhaenyra's <laughs> kids are spoiled little fucks? Oh, yes. Absolutely, I do. And also, by the way... So no, I don't they know. They are really Targaryen. Well, they're not. They're not their dad's kids. Yeah, they're not. Um, what do you call them? Valyrians. Yes, right. But they're bastards. That's what they really are. So like, they're not pure. You bastard. Here's my. Here's my <laughs> point. My point is like, this show wants us to root for these people to like succeed and do well, and it's like they support incest. They're bullies. They're not nice. You know, maybe it was a good thing that they all got murdered. But is that what the show's asking you to do? Is to root for them? I think it's asking you to pick certain sides, and I'm I personally am not doing that. That's just my well. That take. reminds me a little bit, a little bit of like some of these documentaries. I think in particular, maybe the um, the one about the huge complex way out in Washington. Or Oregon. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Wild Wild Country? Yes. Where they start (laughs) off and you're like, these people were nightmares. (laughs) And then like 30 minutes in, you're like, well, wait a minute. Maybe everyone else is wrong about this. And then they leave you hanging on a cliff and you're like, what the hell just happened? Have an opinion, please. Yeah. Well, documentaries end up taking a side one way or another, but... Yes. Uh, Well, I think that one did a decent job of it. My whole thing with... The Boston Lager here is, I think it is an exceptionally well-dressed, mediocre white woman. (laughs) This is the Karen of craft beers. It's Kate Hudson, baby. She keeps getting roles. She's not that great. I would say this is well if you're if you're going off mediocre looks or mediocre talent because I have no. I I said I said looks great. Oh, tastes mediocre. Got I'm, it. No, that's that's a funny take. I I would agree with you. I think I think we should give this a score. I'm gonna give this a three point two five. I think it's like a step above you know your your common Bud Light, just with way more arrogance. Like it it thinks a lot highly of itself, which is more so than Bud weird. Light, which is odd. This beer probably tasted better in in the '80s than it does now. I would have it if that was the only option somewhere, but. 
I'm never going to go out of my way to get this again. No. In fact, I believe when you suggested that we try this, my I might not have texted this, but I believe I said, really? Yeah. This is the one? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure there's some people out there that love this, and it's very popular, so I wanted to give it a fair chance, but I, I will not be going back to the Boston Lager well anytime soon. 2.75 Vinces out of 5 Vinces. It falls below the Mendoza line, he says, as he's about to finish the <laughs> last ounces of it. Sure, yeah. That's what I'm. That's where I'm at. I got to give the people in Boston one more reason to think the world's against them. Right. 2.75. Do yeah. better. Yeah, you know, in this case, Boston, we actually do think we're better than you, so... Well, Live with that. I Please accept me when I fly to your city. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm already grandfathered in, so I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom said that, to be clear. <laughs> they love me at Hong Kong Chinese. Dude, that's, that place is... It's a bar, believe it or not. It's great. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. On another note, uh, if you did enjoy this show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, this was a lot of fun. If you live in Boston, we'll probably be hearing from you, and that's okay. Yeah, honestly, listen to this. Yeah. Send it to your friends. Harass us. <laughs> but until then, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers, where we have clear eyes, full cans. Must booze. <laughs>